You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Oh man, I am uh, I'm elated to say the least. I'm very happy to have ditched winter this year. I'm looking outside into the jungle, to the jungles of Tulum, Mexico, and it's my first time here, and boy, this place is absolutely gorgeous. There are some areas that are still underdeveloped, but the parts that are developed, are it's like I, I feel like I'm taken away to uh, another place, which I guess I am. I'm, I'm not in America anymore, but these quaint little cafes, sort of cobblestone streets, all created in the middle of this jungle with insane, beautiful sun and, and, a, and a great breeze. I just, I know you probably hate me for this if you're listening from a cold state right now or a cold country. And uh, I'm sorry, but I just have to tell you, there's nothing like being able to to ditch winter like this. And I've I've not been able to do that yet. Yeah, you get away for a week here and there, but to really go away for several months. I guess I did that once in, when was that? 2017 to 2018. I, I did it then. I did it then. But that was that was different. That was, to me, I wasn't even thinking about ditching winter. I was traveling and so busy traveling in Southeast Asia, going to several different countries in Southeast Asia for a whole four months. So I was too busy to even be grateful for ditching winter. But this is a little bit different just because I picked a a place with Megan for two months, this great Airbnb. And uh, let me tell you something, I've earned it. I've earned it because last year in TripAdvice was absolutely crazy. We have been in the middle of, of insane scaling because we have so much demand for coaching and so many guys needing help. And and now I'm putting out more content than I've ever put out because it's not just the podcast anymore. It's not just the YouTube channel. Now we got Instagram reels and we got TikTok shorts and it's uh, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. And so I said, you know what? If I'm going to be working this hard, I need to take advantage of this. So we're ditching winter. And Megan said, yeah, let's do it. So here we are. And I'll be here from January 2023 and February 2023 and then going to Austin, which I know a lot of you guys who listen to this, there's a lot of people in Austin who listen to this. So who knows? Maybe we'll get the chance to meet. Maybe I'll do a little meetup in Austin. That could be pretty cool. I hear from a lot of you who DM me and, and say you're from Austin, a very popular city that many people are are going to. But anyway, just wanted to give you some personal updates. And today, what are we talking about? We're talking about how to be comfortable in conversations with beautiful women. And I got some tips and I have some stories, some insights to share on this. And I was thinking about this recently, you know, just about how it took me a long time to really get comfortable in conversations with beautiful women. And I think the whole concept is is funny that it, that would take so long. But I think you understand that because you're going through that as well. You're going through this process right now of trying to be comfortable getting over your approach anxiety, getting over the anxiety on a first date. Let me tell you something. This is, this is why I really enjoy, first of all, doing this podcast because I just, I, I am, I am you. Like, I don't, I really, I wonder if you really understand that. Like I was so, my approach anxiety was so bad. I get on the phone sometimes and I'm coaching clients. I'm envious of them. I'm like, dude, you have it easy. You're, you're in a better situation than I was. Not only was I so scared to approach women, but I, I was on first dates, second dates. You couldn't get me comfortable with the woman till date seven. I say comfortable, I mean my nerves going down. So it took me such a long time to get to that place. Finally, I figured out how to get there faster. And, uh, and that's what I'm going to be sharing with you. So let's talk about that today. Let's do also some q and I want to keep up with the people who have been 
writing in questions, you can always email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question, and I'll be there to answer it. And if you need more in-depth help, if a question on the podcast isn't enough, if the podcast itself and the topics I go over aren't enough, you need that push, you can always reach out to us and we can talk to you about assigning you a dedicated coach to help you work on approach anxiety, nervousness, talking to women in person, dates. By the way, one of the services we provide that you get that's included inside of our coaching, our one-on-one coaching, is a mock date. So we have women on staff that do a mock date with you in person or over Zoom. And then our coach, as well as the woman on staff, analyzes and tells you what you could be doing better on the dates. I wish I had this. I wish I had this, whatever it was, 13 years ago at this point, 14 years ago. I wish I had that to be able to get better at this faster. Anyway, if you need help, go to tripadvicecoaching.com. We can help you. We can provide all the expert advice specific to you. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. That's what we do best. You get your own coach who gives you a ton of time dedicated to you, so it's not some group class, and it gets you better faster. If time is of the essence and you don't want to be working on this forever, which why would you want to? Get this done now. Work with us. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com. Link is in the show notes. And then fill out the application so we can get some info on you. We'll do a call with you and we'll get you the help you need with online dating and meeting women in person. Now, getting comfortable in conversations with beautiful women. So we'll start here. If you don't know this already, the idea behind being comfortable all comes down to taking action, okay? So you'll never be comfortable in doing anything, talking to hot women or, you know, I think about any other fear you have. Let's say fear of heights, fear of spiders. Or let's say comfortable even holding a guitar, playing a sport, playing a game. You ever learn a game? At first, it's kind of tough. You know, you learn... um, What's a game I learned recently? There's a game called The Mind. It's a great game, by the way. If you've never heard of that, check it out. Great game to... uh, Actually, you know what? I should do a whole podcast episode on this. Great game for a date. So she comes over. You guys have a glass of wine. Play the game The Mind. You can buy it on Amazon for like 15 bucks or something like that. Or Walmart. I don't know. Wherever you can get it. But definitely it's on Amazon. I won't tell you exactly. It's not hard, but I won't tell you. Just just check it out. Check it out. Anyway, point being is that action is the thing that aids in comfortability. So if you're not comfortable around attractive women or women for that matter, you should know this by now. It's because you haven't had that time. You haven't invested the time to do the thing. Okay. So we'll say that simply. That's super important. You need to be doing the thing. Comfortability. Taking action. They say that you need to step out of your comfort zone in order to see success. Not to confuse the word comfort here, but basically in order to be comfortable, you have to be uncomfortable. So comfortability comes from being uncomfortable. That is like the formula Okay, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into this idea of you being afraid to talk to beautiful women. The fact that you're not comfortable right now with talking to beautiful women. You're intimidated. You're intimidated to talk to her because you're instantly assigning a value to her that's higher than yours. It's interesting. I have heard, man, if I had a dollar for every time I heard what I'm about to say to you, but I've heard guys say to me that it's weird when they're talking to women that they're not attracted to, 
they get those women attracted. And when they talk to women that they're attracted to, they freak out and it doesn't work out. Why do you think that is? Well, the women who are not that attractive that they end up talking to, they are more comfortable. I want to say more themselves, but I don't like using that terminology too much. But they're just more comfortable. They don't care as much. They're not trying to impress. They're even probably a little bit standoffish. And so women that sense that become attracted because they see a lack of neediness and desperation. So the reason why guys are able to attract women who are not that attractive, of course, there's something to be said about that. You know, the guy might have a higher value in the sense so women are going to be attracted to that guy and she's not as attractive as him. But still, <laughs> there's a lot of cases where a guy who's attractive might talk to a woman who's not as attractive subjectively and it still doesn't work out. Okay, so point here is that the reason why a guy might be able to attract a woman who's not someone that he's not attracted to is because he's more comfortable, more calm, more confident. And the second he sees a woman that he's super attracted to, he freaks out. Now, I know some of that might be a little bit Captain Obvious, but hopefully that answers some of your questions of why can you get the girls who are not cute, but the girls that are cute are a little bit harder. Well, yes, they are going to be a little bit harder because some of the very attractive women are going to be pickier. They're going to be a lot choosier because they have so much choice, but a lot of it has to do, I'm telling you, a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're pedestalizing them, putting them on a pedestal, assigning a higher value, assigning yourself a lower value, and automatically not feeling worthy, and then you're giving that off in the conversations that you're having. Or you're not even talking to those women at all. So that's the major problem here. And so we need to learn how to be comfortable in these conversations. And, of course, we have to learn how to do some things to be more attractive. But my whole thing here and my whole theory behind a lot of the things that I teach over here at Trip Advice. It's really behind the idea of comfortability. I really do deeply believe, and it's not even so much a belief because I see it. I've experienced it. I see it. I coach it. It works. Is that if you can be super chill, super comfortable, and just confident and act like you don't give a shit, even though maybe deep inside you do, but you're showing that you don't, around some of the women that you're attracted to, it is over 50% of the battle. It really is. Of course, there's going to be other things that you're going to need to do. You do have to make sure that you're of a decent average weight. You do have to make sure that you look your best. You are doing some, some body language things and things like that. But when you're able to be comfortable around women, especially the ones that you find yourself attracted to, what ends up happening is your personality shines. The unique thing about you is easier to put off. I'm going to make a list here. You become less of a nice guy. You're not appeasing them so much. You're not trying to get something from them or act like you're getting something from them. So a little bit more of, we'll say, bad boy tendencies come out because you just don't care as much. Like, let's take an extreme example. Let's take like Hugh Hefner, creator of Playboy or, or Dan Bilzerian, just guys who have beautiful women around them all the time. They just aren't phased. They just don't care. It's kind of like the idea of, I know this is going to sound like a funny comparison, but bear with me here. It's almost like hanging out with friends. 
right? And I don't mean new friends. I mean friends you've just had for a while. Friends that you see quite a bit. Are you thinking about what to say next? Are you, do you find yourself even a little bit more naturally funny or your personality comes out a little bit more when you're talking with your friends, the people who you've spent a lot of time around? Yeah, I bet you you do. It's because you're comfortable. You don't care. You're being loose. You're just talking. You're not thinking or future pacing anything. You're just being totally in the moment. And so that's happening because, well, you're comfortable. You've had experience with that. And so a guy like Hugh Hefner, Dan Bilzeri, and people who've been around and are around those women, they just end up attracting more women. Of course, yes, those guys have wealth too. But if they were super nerdy, awkward around women, all the wealth in the world wouldn't, wouldn't have as many, many women sticking around. Yeah, maybe your gold diggers would, but still. And yes, some of them are status horrors and things like that and just want the status. But I'm telling you right now, the comfortability, it's everything. It's so big. I remember I had a moment when I was learning this, when I was first learning this, learning what, how to be around women, how to get more dates, how to attract the women that I really wanted. And I was practicing night after night after night, going out, talking to women, getting over my fear of approaching just any woman, by the way. I was, I was afraid to talk to any woman. That's how bad it was for me. Not just hot women, any women. So I had a I had a lot of learning to do and a lot of experience to be had. But I remember I had a friend. My friend was kind of a natural. And I should mention, he wasn't learning this stuff alongside of me. He was just my friend who was, he wasn't like amazing with women either, by the way. I mean, he had some things he could have worked on. But one thing that he was really good at and I was spending a lot of time around him at the same time that I was learning how to meet women. He was super fun and engaging when he was in a crowd. And I remember I was like that too when I was with him. When we were together, we had a great time. We'd be loud, be fun. We'd be obnoxious even sometimes. Self-amusing, really. And I was like, if I could just bring that energy into these conversations with the women I was talking to, I just bet things will start to change. So I started to do that. And by the way, I was doing this without caring about the result. I wasn't thinking about, okay, I need to do this and then I'll get a number and then I'll get this and I'll get laid. And I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about the process. If I can just be more of that guy, that fun guy that I normally am and know I am around these people, something could change. And what do you know? It did. So what I ended up doing was when I was going out and I was talking to women, just inch by inch, step by step, bringing out a little bit more of that extrovertedness, that outgoingness, the gregariousness. I'm doing a lot of nisses here. Not sure if all these are words, but you get it. Bringing out that part of me in these conversations, just trying to have fun. And once I started doing that, you know what ended up up happening? Not only was I more comfortable in front of women, but I was starting to have more fun. Because in the beginning of going out and approaching and talking to women, it's more of a chore, as you might already know. A lot of chore around it. You're just trying to get through it. You're trying to even start the conversation. You're just trying to make some words come out of your mouth and happen. But then there's that difference of that part. And now I'm actually enjoying the process. My goal for you this year, friend, 
is to get you to the point where you're enjoying it. That's the real goal. Fuck everything else. I know that you want to get laid. I know you want to date. I know you want a wife. I know you want multiple women to sleep with. I get it. And by the way, awesome. All those things are great. I have nothing against any of those. Of course, that will, duh, right? But you know what's even better than that? It's getting that while still having fun. And no, you don't need to be extroverted to do that. I, I get some guys who come to me who are interested in coaching and they say, I don't know, man, I'm introverted. It's a lot for me. And I say, listen, man, I get it. I understand what an introvert is. I understand that it's, it's taking more out of you. But let me tell you something. Introverts still like to be social once in a while. And in fact, introverts do better when they're with just a few people versus maybe a lot of people. And so I'm asking you, introverts, extroverts, everyone, to really take those moments that you have fun when you're not trying to talk to a woman that you're attracted to and bring those over and try to have fun with these women. And there's other ways to do this, by the way. One of the ways that I try to make it fun was just by goal setting, or we'll even say it's called gamifying it, turning it into a game. So my first process was, okay, to get over approach anxiety, to try to get comfortable with women, to try to get numbers, et cetera, I need to be able to have an actual goal of how many women I'm talking to. So night one, it was like two, and night seven, it was like 10, and whatever it was. So it's like, okay, goal number one, get the approaches in, talk to the women, go on the dates, get the experience. And then soon after that, step two is, how do I make this fun for myself? One of the byproducts of having fun is actually her having fun as well, because something called the law of state transfer. So law of state transfer, which means when you're having fun, they're going to have fun. If you're nervous, she's going to feel that. And also maybe not get nervous, but just feel that kind of negative energy. You know, when you go into a room and everyone's, imagine you walk into a room, everyone's crying. Are you going to be happy in that moment? No, you're going to feel kind of sad and down like what's going on. Imagine walking into a party and everyone's having fun. You're like, whoa, this is fun. So the state of your emotions can transfer over to someone. And so if you're having fun, other people, or at least you give people the chance to have more fun around you. So that is one of the benefits, but also it's just your benefit. Life should be fun. And I get it. It's, it might not in the very beginning. Like when, you, when you're learning anything for the very first time, a game, an instrument, a skill, like we were saying before, it's not necessarily fun right away. Maybe there's some excitement of starting, but it's not always the most fun. I think back to my piano playing days. I, I started piano when I was eight years old and there was excitement around it. I remember starting it and you're kind of getting into it, but very soon it became a chore. And it wasn't fun anymore. And I remember after several years of doing it, I ended up, I was playing uh, classical music, by the way. So I was learning classical. And I said to my parents, I said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to play this classical music. They said, what do you want to play? I said, I want to learn something new, like jazz and blues, something that I, I really enjoy actually listening to. And they said, as long as you're going to keep playing piano, that's all we care about. So yeah, we can switch lessons. Then I took jazz and blues lessons and I fell in love with piano because it was fun for me, because I enjoyed it. And then actually what ended up happening is I learned that and then I went back to classical because I wanted to go back to classical because I actually ended up missing it. Point being, we want, we want to get to the point where it's fun. Because that's how you're really going to be comfortable. I want that for you. Now, how do we do it? Well, I said earlier on this podcast episode that you want to be doing it as much as you can. So it is going to be a little bit hard in the beginning to push yourself to getting out there. 
And of course, you can get accountability from a friend. You can get it inside of Trips Corner, which is my private Facebook group. In order to get into that, you just need to get one of my programs, my courses, or you can join a coaching program that we have available to you. So a lot of different options for you. You can also hold yourself accountable. If you can do that, fantastic. Try it. Do it. Go out there. And then I want you to look forward to not the dates, the numbers, the sex, the girlfriends and wives, right? The results. I know you want that, but look forward to when it can be a good time. Because then, you, then it's a win-win. Then you will get the results that you're looking for. And life will be enjoyable. Because don't we want that? Don't we want life to be enjoyable? I'm not saying it should be easy. But if you're going to be doing something, make it fun. That's why it's like they say with working out. People who don't enjoy working out, they have such a harder time doing it. That's why, and I'm not a fitness expert by any means. I have learned a lot over the years. But one thing I have learned is, personally at least, if I want to do something fitness-wise, I have to enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it one time, running on a treadmill, cardio. It really bored me. The thing that excited me the most was lifting weights. So that's what I did. But then I realized I got to get more cardio in because I want to work on my longevity. Well, I didn't feel like running. Running just didn't seem fun to me. But what did I enjoy? Swimming. Now, swimming is a lot harder to do because you got to find a pool that's good and you got to be able to swim and it takes a lot more time. You can just literally go outside and start running. But even though that would take more of a jump, I knew I was going to enjoy swimming more. So the point here is, is find a way to enjoy it or get to the point where even though it's hard, you can enjoy it. Here's another thing too. I've learned that over the time of, of coaching guys, guys have had real issues with practicing talking to women that they're not attracted to. So when I tell them to go and talk to you know any woman, they say, well, it's not fun talking to the women that I'm not attracted to. And I say, I get it. That's fine. Then find the women that you're super attracted to and do it. They say, well, I'm scared to talk to those women. And I tell them, well, what do you want me to say here? Right? It's like, this should be more encouragement then to talk to the women that you find super attractive because once you get in there, at least it's going to be more fun because you're interested in them. But to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, I just want to say, it still is good to talk to women that you're not attracted to because it still adds to the experience of talking to a woman and that will translate and move over to women that you are attracted to, meaning the things that you practice the women that you're with the women that you're not attracted to will move over and carry over to the skill set of talking to women that you are. So I think that's best of both worlds. You really want to be talking to the attractive women and the not attractive women all as much as you can. But yes, I agree. It's definitely more fun to talk to women that you're attracted to. And I encourage it. And I want you to do it as much as you can because that's going to be the way to make it comfortable. There are some hacks here that I can teach you. I know that some guys are maybe thinking, well, that's still really hard. You're just telling me to become comfortable by doing the thing that's uncomfortable. Well, yes, I am. You know, here's another example. Skydiving. Yeah, they they have some simulations where air shoots up at you and it kind of acts as like you're skydiving. If you've ever seen those places, it's like it's called indoor skydiving. But that doesn't really prepare you for that insane jump. And they don't have a lot of like miniature jumps. I know that you can jump from an airplane at, at different uh different heights, but let's be honest, you know, whatever the lowest drop is when you're in a plane can't be any 
less scary than the taller one. Like it's all kind of the same at that point, right? But why there's no in between. So it's kind of the same thing, man. You really just have to get to that point. You just have to say, fuck it. I'm jumping off this plane. And I got to just go for the big one. Yes, you can do some warm-up approaches. I absolutely encourage those. Going out, doing little exercises, kind of saying hello to a girl here and there. And I encourage that, and that works. But don't do that for too long. Because if you're doing that for a full month or two months, that's too long. Eventually, you got to just make the jump. And the best thing to prepare you with the jump is by doing the jump. Now, I'm sure if you go skydiving, you go the first time, it's going to be the scariest. And if you go again, it's going to be still, I'm sure, pretty scary. But it won't be as bad as that first time. So jump in there, talk to these women, listen to this episode as much as you can. If it helps you, and encourages and motivates you to do so. All right, let's get into some questions. Thanks for you guys who are writing in. If you want a question answered, email me trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question so that I know it's for the podcast. This one's from MJ. Hey, Trip. I'm new to your show, but have listened to over 20 episodes so far. I love it. I'm divorced four years and recently ended a three-year long-distance relationship of flying back and forth across the country every month. I'm attractive, fun, a gentleman, and a good conversationalist. On several occasions, the women that I'm talking with will ask my age. They always guess at least 10 years younger. I've been telling them my actual age... 48. That's when they get weirded out. How can I respond to the question about my age? Keep it ambiguous or with humor? Thanks, MJ. All right, MJ. Great question. I've gotten some of these similar before. First of all, I would question your interpretation of them getting weirded out. I'll take your word for it, but I wonder if there is an underlying insecurity that is projecting, and when you see their response, you interpret it in a way that you think. So meaning you're projecting in this way where you think that it's weird because you're older, so then you're interpreting it in that way. I wonder, something to think about, okay? Now, that's great. They guess 10 years younger, you clearly have some confidence. You think that you're fun and attractive and a good conversationalist. When they ask you about your age, first of all, always be honest. There's no reason not to. The women that will stick around will stick around. There's no reason to lie. And you should, I mean, you ask, should you keep it ambiguous? That's an interesting way of stating that. Um, It's not about keeping it ambiguous or with humor or anything. Just say your age. Now, you can say, and I would test this out a little bit. You can say, yeah, I know it's pretty crazy. People think I am a lot younger because I just look so good. So you can kind of hit them with that cocky funny, which is always very attractive. That's a technique from an old dating coach named David D'Angelo. He talks about being cocky funny. So it's like this joking arrogance. You're not actually being arrogant. You're joking with it. So you can hit him with that. I say test it. And I don't want to give you that as the tip because that also intuitively speaks to me as, as, as something that might come off like you're caring too much about your age, right? So I guess that's probably what you meant by ambiguous. I would just say it's like you're not paying attention to it. Well, you said keep it ambiguous, like maybe not answer, like like maybe maybe you're you're being unclear, right? 
about your age? No, you're just going to be honest, but I would not pay attention to it. I would just either do cocky funny or switch topics altogether. So you just say something totally random and off topic, whatever that may be, or go back to a conversation that you were already having or use my chick crack as a way to continue conversation. I always talk about how astrology is a great way to have fun conversation with women because they're very interested in that. So for example, she goes, I'm curious, how old are you? You can go, well, I'm 48. But wait, let me ask you a question now. Are you an Aries? Now, I know that might sound like you're trying to avoid the topic, but in a way you kind of are. And I think that might be one of your best moves. Because I think if you're paying more attention to it, it's just going to make it seem that much more weird and more insecure. So you just answer as if you don't even care. I'm 48. How old are you? Oh, you're 24. Cool. Hey, I'm curious. Are you an Aries? I am curious. Do you believe in astrology? Just switch the topics. Okay. So... That's what I would say to do. Um, I also think that it's possible that maybe, and I say this quite a bit with people who who write in, you're not really getting the amount of, of data that you should be, like you're not doing enough approaches. So yeah, okay, maybe they are getting weirded out, but you might need to be doing more approaches. Whether you're 48 or 24, you, you probably need to do, talk to more people. So here's the thing. Women will be more confident, or let me say that again. Women will feel more attracted to you when you're confident about the various areas of who you are. If you're older, if you have kids, if you have a disability of some sort, the moment you start to care about those things, they're going to care about those things kind of similar to the law of state transfer is that they're going to pick up on the vibes and emotions and feelings that you are exhibiting. So that's why we want to play it cool. So that's how I would do it. Hope that helps MJ. All right. Next question from B trip. Want to first of all, thank you for what you do. I've been a listener to the podcast for a few years now. I sincerely appreciate the advice you've unselfishly provided. It has made a lasting effect, a positive one nonetheless, in multiple facets of my life. So thanks again. You're welcome, buddy. He continues, anyways, a little bit about me. I'm 27 years old, just recently returned from a two-year tour overseas, which ended up being a lot of work and not much fun. Just before I returned to the States, I reconnected with the woman whom I went to college with via Instagram. During our college years, we were friends of friends. But something happened in those DMs where things got hot and we've been talking. Majority text, but also phone and FaceTime for eight weeks now. I now find myself fortunate enough to be stationed in the same time zone as her. There's still a one and a half hour plane ride separating the two of us, but I find myself attracted to her. I'm stationed in a major metropolitan city, so there's plenty of opportunity to meet quality women. This I plan on doing, by the way. Until I take her out on a, quote, real first date, how do you suggest I handle things, i.e. text game, communication, flirting, etc.? And what about the date itself? Should I go for the cocktail bar setting, or should I go about it differently? And lastly, am I setting myself up for eventual disappointment and failure, Understand there's a lot to unpack here, but any help would be greatly appreciated, B. All right, man. Well, here's the deal. There's not much to unpack. It's long distance. And you said so yourself. You're stationed in a major metropolitan city, so there's plenty opportunity to meet quality women, end quote. Okay, so I, if you've been listening to this podcast, which I know you have, B., You know that I I don't think, believe, and have seen long-distance relationships to really work. And so I understand that 
Well, here's the thing. You're in a scarce mindset. You're scarce mindset because why? Simply, you're not in an abundance of women. You're overseas. You don't have any women around you. So what happens when a guy in a scarce mindset doesn't have any women around him? He ends up going for low-hanging fruit. Now, I'm not saying this woman's not a possible good match or unattractive or attractive or whatever. All I'm saying is she's not an ideal situation. She's the quite opposite of an ideal situation. Why? Because it's an hour and a half plane ride. That's far, man. I understand that that might seem not too bad, hour and a half plane ride. You can do that all the time. But then what? Where is this all going? So your last question here in your series of questions is, am I setting myself for eventual disappointment and failure? Uh, Long story short, yes, you are. It's an exception to the rule if someone succeeds in a long distance relationship. Do they work sometimes? Yes. Mainly I've seen them, well, personally, anecdotally, I've seen them work when it's already a relationship that started off not long distance. They were forced to be long distance because of school or something like that. That's a little bit different because there's a whole plan to come back to the person. But starting off long distance when you don't know what's going on, it's, well, I'll I'll say this much. It's not ideal because who wants that, right? Do you really want to be hopping on a plane? If I could give you a choice where you could pick that same girl to live in your city, you'd pick the same girl in your city, not one you'd have to go an hour and a half for. So why are you now just settling? Because she's cute? Because you have a good connection? I'm sorry, my friend, but tough love here and a little bit of a reality check. You can meet that somewhere else. You need to be a guy who's at least fake it till you make it in an abundance mindset. The abundant man who literally has an abundance of options, he's going to pick the most ideal situation, which is a girl who lives close. A girl who's going to be super respectful to him. A girl that's not going to be too needy. And of course, your three non-negotiables and all the other things that you're looking for. So I don't want you to fall head over heels for this girl. Because trust me, you think you like her now. Once you meet up with her in person and it's so exciting and the oxytocin and dopamine is flowing and surging through your brain and the attachment to this girl gets even stronger. And then you got to go and hop back on a flight for an hour and a half. Not fun. So B, don't do it. Meet the women in your town. I don't care who this woman is or how special you think she is. All right. One more question from Adam. He says, what if you're in a vicious circle? If you don't have any social status, friends, followers, because you don't get girls and don't get girls because you don't have any friends, status, followers, pre-selection. Why not go out alone to meet girls? Well, going out alone zaps confidence as it's a reminder you don't have friends. It is also awkward to stand by yourself at the bar or try to assimilate into another friend group. Nobody wants a single male by himself entering their friend group, going to hit on the group's girls. The vicious cycles of social proof and social media is the hardest to overcome in my experience. Adam. Okay. Adam. Yes, I get it. I get the vicious circle. I got some good news. I got lots of good news for you, actually. Let's start off with this. First good news is everyone starts somewhere, okay? So it's not so much this catch-22. I think what you also mean is like a catch-22. It's like you need to get the girl 
and but you can't get the girl. And in order to get the girl, you need to have other friends and things like that. Well, first, you, you just you can start off really slow here. Okay. It's not like you're doomed. Like girls are only looking for guys who have friends and have girls around them in a group of friends. Yeah, that helps a lot, but you don't absolutely need that. And you can start off slow by trying to make friends. Why aren't you trying to make friends? I don't think you, yes, in these days, it does help to have a social status, but it's not absolutely crucial. But why aren't you going out and trying to make friends? That's my first question. Because there is no social proof proof with friends. I, I don't know about you. I don't ask a guy if he has friends. I don't really care if he has friends. If he's a cool guy and I'm enjoying my time with him, we have hobbies in common things in common. I enjoy our banter. I'm just going to be his friend. So I know we're kind of tackling two different things here, but think about that to start is that you can be going out and making friends. Okay. And you can do that slowly. And then you can have friends to go out with and then have people to go out with to the bars and things like that. But here's more good news, Adam, is that you're looking at this wrong. I I feel like you haven't even tried going out alone. You said, well, going out alone zaps confidence as it's a reminder you don't have friends. So I don't know, maybe you did. It it doesn't sound like you've given it a good shot. Maybe you have. You said it was awkward to stand by yourself. But here's the thing. You're assuming you probably haven't really given it a good shot. Because I have given this a shot. I have gone out alone. I have gone out to meet women who are in groups of guys and girls. And women in those moments don't really care. Now, yes, ultimately, it's going to be a, I would say not a red, but a yellow flag for them if you don't have any friends. So you definitely want to be making those friends once, you know, if you're dating, let me rewind here, getting ahead of myself. You meet a girl at a bar. Can you do it without having people around? Yes, you can absolutely get her attracted. You can even say that your friends are, are not your friends. You just decided to go out and and have a good time. Your friends aren't with you tonight. You can get a girl attracted that way. You can even take her home. You can get her number, all that stuff. Now, if you decide to go and have a dating relationship with a girl, it will be a yellow flag. I say yellow and not red. Yellow meaning it sort of raises suspicions by her, but not totally because you know what? When a woman really likes a guy, she will backwards rationalize why she wants to be with him because she feels such a connection and attachment to him. Now, I don't want to say that and have you not try and make friends. Friends are good for you. It's good for your health. You want to have connections and friends, but you can work on all this at the same time. And I say same time is because I don't want you to try to make a social status and make a lot of friends before you go out and meet women. All this is in your head. It's awkward because you think it's awkward. And it's hard anyways. Going out alone. I had lots of friends in my life at the time when I was learning how to meet women. It didn't make it any easier for me to go out alone. I wasn't like, well, I'm glad I have all these friends. And I go up and I talk to a woman easily. It was still really hard. Now I I can hear your argument. Well, it might even make it worse for you because, well, it's hard for you and you have no friends. But bear in mind what I'm saying to you here is that women don't care in those moments. She's not obsessed with who you're with and your friends. She's with her friends. She doesn't give a shit about your friends in that moment. All she knows what's happening in front of her And what's happening in front of her, a single male, you, talking to her, and you guys are talking, you're having a conversation, or you're flirting, having a good time, and you're teasing her, you're building tension. That's what she's really paying attention to, not your status in that exact moment. So I've seen guys do it, I've done it myself, I've taught it to guys, We teach guys how to do it. And it's amazing because when you learn how to go out alone, that's the ultimate power. 
You never have to rely on anybody. I would rather, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying this to make you feel better. I would have rather had no friends when I learned how to do this because then it would have forced me to go out alone. And going out alone was always the nights that I learned the most, whether I got results or not. You start going out with friends, makes it harder to meet women because you're hanging out with your friends and you're wasting a lot of time. And every time I went out with a group of guys, even when we were all trying to meet women, it was still not as productive as when I was able to do it alone. So consider this an odd but small gift that you are actually going out and just learning this. And then, then, like I said earlier, work on making friends. I don't know how old you are, Adam. I'd be curious to know. But let's get you started on both at the same time. And stop feeding your, your mind these ideas of it being a vicious cycle and a catch-22. Just forget all that and listen to your coach trip here. And trust me when I say you don't need it and you can work on both. Guys, if you need more help, if you need your questions answered, you can either email me, trip at tripadvice.com. You can get coaching, tripadvicecoaching.com. We can help you. Thank you so much for listening. Reach out if you need the help. We are here for you. And happy new year once again. Let's work on all the things that I talked about. Let's work on making sure we're having fun when we're going out and that being the goal. And everything else will start to really kick in. Again, thanks so much. And I'll talk to you all on the next episode.